I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. TMS is brought to you daily by the support of our patrons at patreon.com slash TMS, like Conrad D. Orthween, <laughs> I think, Zach Grasham, and Jeff Jones. Coming up on TMS, Italian crustacean infestation. Teaching the baby some shit. I don't like zombies. A thousand condoms, this weekend declares. Align the steins. Four-eyed gut ripper. Bad case of Italian crabs. Hands off my poopinephrine. (laughs) Mako, mako, mako. English is weird. Animals that don't fart with Bobby. And more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Think you know today's food prices. Try and guess the cost of this dinner. Three pieces of batter-dipped chicken, fried crisp and golden, fluffy whipped potatoes, tender sweet vegetables, and apple cake cobbler for dessert. What's your guess? About $2? $2.50? Wrong. It's about 85 cents. Let's talk about the cartoon show, Doug. The Morning Stream. Two weeks? There's no such thing as two weeks in the news business. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to TMS. It's the morning stream for Monday, September 18th, 2023. I'm Scott Johnson, and I am joined today by guest co-host Travis Crawford of Clan Crawford. Uh, that's Trav- true. Hi, Travis. TV's Travis for everyone uh, who you're like, wait a minute, I know that name. Yeah, that's why. That's why I know <laughs> that name. Uh, welcome back. It's been a bit. How you doing, man? Uh, it has been a bit. I'm doing well. Uh, staying busy. Um, as I mentioned last week during the quiz, I'm on. I'm doing. Well, it'll be four podcasts concurrently again. It's a lot this week. Yeah. Because I have a problem. Um, yeah. I also don't know how to say no. So when it's like, hey, do you want a guest host? Or, hey, do you want to be a guest on this show? I, I always say yes. Yeah, so. I do the same thing. It's actually, I mean, at some point you can kind of cut back on some of that. But um, mm-hmm. I still, once in a while, it'll be like, I'll go on some show that only has, I don't know. They might have 10 listeners or something. And then I find out down the road, two people found our show that way and stuck with it. So you never know. You're going to rub off yeah, on somebody. That's true. Yeah, and every once in a while, I still get people who say, I heard an NPR episode where you done talked about something or other. I don't remember what it was. I think it was, <laughs> oh, it was COVID and conventions during COVID. Uh, uh, I was on Marketplace or something. And I still get emails saying, yeah, I found all your I found all your stuff from that. I don't know why he's got that voice. I don't know why that accent's there. I don't know why I'm doing that. <laughs> I feel bad all of a sudden love it. for doing that. Anyway, it's good to have you here, and I'm, I'm uh, glad to have you around uh, for today's show and we'll get into what four shows you're doing later because you know 
part of the sure. perks of being here is you get to talk about those things. Uh, all right, so check this out. Uh, weekend happened, as everyone knows. <laughs> um, Brian left for Vegas, I want to say, Sunday, I think. And um, we haven't heard the stories yet because I've only heard it third hand, but Tanner tells me that they went on a, or they went to a um, escape room that was it themed, like the movie It. Uh, part one and two, all you know, the, which obviously based on the book. So Stephen King's It, and uh, it's got uh, they got the they're out in glass in the in the in the sort of entryway of this place, under and behind glass they have the actual uh, Pennywise costume that was used on set, like the dirty nasty one he was dancing in. Oh, it's geez. all like gray and gross and dirty, muddy or whatever, and they have that there. Anyway, I guess part of this whole thing is you get chased around this place by Pennywise, and it's no, he says thanks. says it's really intense and full of like all kinds of stuff. It sounded like a nightmare. I'm not freaking doing that. No, 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 no. Uh, I mean, I love the movie. I love the the book. Um, I I have z- less than zero desire to be chased by Pennywise or anybody for that. I don't want to be chased by nobody. You know what? I'm. I'm Right, I'm just gonna poop myself and and curl up into a ball. Yeah, like it's over. I'm done. I'm not interested in this. So he was trying to sell me on it a little bit, and like, oh, it's the most amazing thing you've ever seen. And I figure, well, you know, we'll hear from Brian. Brian's not easily freaked by this sort of stuff, but I don't like, I don't like horror situations I can't control, and those, or or let's put it this way, horror situations where I am in control where I have a sense of control. That's where mm. I'm in trouble. That's why I don't like horror video games and they make me scream like a baby. <laughs> and that's why I don't like haunted houses in general because yeah. I don't have any... I, I think I have control because I'm running around, but I really don't. Yeah. So I'm going to die, yeah. right? When I it, it's see a movie... It's passive experience of the movie. Yeah, right? like a movie's so passive and easy. You just sit down and go, oh, oh, look, these people are being dumb and someone got stabbed in the face. <laughs> Nothing I can do about it, you know? I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird mental uh, thing. Uh, but it's it, it, yeah. you're right. It's the illusion of control. Yeah, which that is makes it more difficult. Which is more. I don't know. The illusion. It's hard to because you would because you could make an argument. Video games are the ultimate illusion of control. Mm-hmm. But it's you never. I never feel comfortable being in control in those situations. I don't want to be the one who's sneaking down a dark hallway, only to find out that a four eyed you know gut ripper lives down there and he wants to eat me or whatever i don't want that i'd rather yeah, see you don't someone want that else pressure of being the one that screws up and everyone dies yeah i'd rather see every i'd rather see somebody else deal with it and then roll <laughs> credits and then i can leave the theater everything's good there you go <laughs> anyway we'll get yeah. uh, we'll get brian back and hear his whole tale about all that and everything else they did this week they'll get to see that sphere which we talked about a bit in the uh in the pre-show i want to mm-hmm. see that thing i want to get a, i want to i want to see so all right. Uh, people know my brain goes places sometimes where maybe it shouldn't. I'll admit that. <laughs> but every time I see that sphere, which is such a prominent big old bulb in the middle of that city, for the first time in a long time, it's one of those things where you just can't avoid seeing it. It's like, it's like the Luxor when it first happened. It's like, whoa, there's a pyramid yeah. in town, and it's got a light shooting out of the top. And Whoa. Well, this thing's worse than that. It's like this gigantic... <laughs> bulb right and it's always lit up with something being projected on the outside of it it's very cool the tech is neat it's really expensive and all that stuff it's all cool however all my brain wants to do is think about what a target it is like 
if you if you were gonna send a drone full of C four somewhere, why wouldn't you do it to that thing? Or if you weren't right. gonna target it, like I'm worried terrorism target might happen with the <laughs> that thing. Because look at it. It's a yeah. it's like a big old zit of opulence, first of all. Like it says to people <laughs> Uh, hey, the man has too much money. Why you should be mad? And so people are gonna be like, mm, "We could really make a mess if we tried to take down that giant ball." I don't know. I don't know yeah. why I go there, but I go there every time I see something like this. I just go, "Oh, be careful how how much what you wish for." If you want to make a thing too too big and too bright and too too easy to see, and I don't know, man. Don't it's know. it's what uh, movies and books have trained us for. I guess uh, so. For like, yeah, because it's just a, a giant target. Yeah, good point. Somebody somewhere, you know, this is true. Somebody in Hollywood is writing a script. Well, maybe they're not writing it and telling the guild that they're writing it because they should be on strike right now. But somebody right. secretly in some back room has either a script or an idea for a script that involves, uh, I don't know who, some action hero who's just going to a U2 concert down there at the giant Vegas ball and. Oh no! Freaking I don't know who who's a good terrorist actor these days. Um, uh, I don't know. Clive Owen shows up, and boy, does he have plans to take down the I like man. I, I, this is happening. I promise you, this movie's being made at some point. Either that, or it'll be the um, it'll be like the White House in Independence Day. It'll be the iconic thing that gets blown up by the aliens. Oh my gosh, that's cool. Aliens would be good. I like that. Or or. I'm on record as being a huge fan of Vegas as a backdrop for your post-apocalyptic anything. So it'd be zombies, mm-hmm. could be sort of Mad Max burnout, could be, you know, somebody got nuked and now we're all huddled in this crappy old city. Old, empty casinos, machines turned on their side, no power. Something about that has always been a fun playground in my head anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, now you got to you got to put your big ball in there, and it's got to be it's got to look like a big old cracked uh, you know Christmas ornament or something. Yeah, and then inside Crack of there, egg. all the bee, that's where all the zombie bees live is inside that dome. Oh shit! Oh jeez! Oh, I don't want to think about zombie bees. I don't either. Bees are bad enough anyway. Yeah, bees are bad. Like, I do want to share something though that happened this weekend that I I don't know where my head should be about this because part of me laughed uncontrollably and then part of me feels mm-hmm. a little bad about what happened but uh the little one was over at the house by by little one i mean phoebe van's van was hanging out with his dad so we had the baby she's 10 months old and she's talking she's saying oh. all kinds of words and all you have to do i got her to say pumpkin for the first time i just pointed nice. to a pumpkin i said pumpkin she goes pumpkin and she could say it over and over she likes to whis- whisper puppies. She likes to go puppies, puppies when she sees the dogs. So she's <laughs> talking, learning how to say stuff, whatever. Being very vocal. Unlike her brother, it took her took him a lot longer. And uh, anyway, we're in the kitchen hanging out. And Taylor, uh, this is a whole story. Taylor's doing a baby shower for a friend of hers. So a bunch of her friends okay. are over. And they're all out back with you know, the, the spread and everything they set up for it. And I'm just like, I'm just going to go play Starfield. You guys do what you do. I'm good. Cause Kim's out of town. Normally she's all over this stuff. She's in the South at the moment. She's down in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. She'll be home tomorrow. And, uh, so I just went inside and played video games. Well, I had the baby for a little while though. So I'm walking around the kitchen with the baby kind of, you know, holding her out in front. So she's facing out, looking at everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I trip on a dog bone. The dog bones we have for a Ripley are these big old nasty looking T-bone things that you can't chew oh, through. Yeah, I don't know what brand they are, but they're supposed to be undestroyable. Uh, <laughs> is that a word? 
Undestroyable. Indestructible. Indestructible is the better word. <laughs> Which, by the way, is total BS because she's already oh, yeah. des- she's destructed like three of these things. So I don't I don't know whose idea it was. But anyway, so I'm 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 walking around bare feet. Uh, I step on one of those. Freaking worse <laughs> than a Lego. That's horrible. And I go mm. shit like that. And the very no, next I thing, <laughs> I hear shit out of this little kid in my <laughs> this 10 month old and then and that'd be one thing if she just quick repeat but then she spent the next i don't know 25 minutes going shit 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 just constantly <laughs> right. she learned, it she learned a new word and it's a it's a short one it's easy to repeat yeah and her mom her mom just <laughs> laughed at me she didn't she wasn't mad or anything but it was uh, still just like damn it well, I mean, but isn't that kind of the point of being a grandpa? Right? To <laughs> do stuff is. like that. Yeah, you're supposed to have. Uh, you're supposed to also do things that make it seem like you're a little bit out of it, right? So, yeah. like, ah, uh, oh, shit. Oh, don't say that to your mom. And then, of course, she says it the whole time. Or what else? What else could I do? That's very stereotypic here. I could. Um, uh, she's too young for dad jokes, so I can't really yeah. do that. Um, like I heard one yesterday, uh, Travis. I'll throw it at you. You ready for this? Okay. Uh, let's see how's it go. Um, oh, I started taking holy water with my laxative treatment. I th- let's see. Well, what do you do next? I'll have. I think I'll start a religious movement. So it's terrible, right? It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely sad. awful joke. No good. But no ten-month-old knows what that is. So my sure, entertainment right. for her is making funny noises and apparently dropping the S bomb and and she liked it. <laughs> anyway, oh, that's great. Yeah, it was fun. She's a sweetie though. She's such a cutie pie. She's just like uh happy, never cries, never upset. Um, that's cool. And and know. it's interesting too that she's much more vocal than Van. Van being very quiet for so long. Yeah. And he how, he how, just how, didn't want to do it. He didn't want you to tell him to talk, is what it was. He hated ah. it. Uh, not that he hated it. He would you just say, Hey, Say bird, and he just look at you. But then, <laughs> but then later he'd go bird, bird, bird. Like he would do it, but not for you. He didn't want to perform. Right. He's doing it on his terms. Yeah. Whereas Phoebe's Phoebe's learned that she can get a lot of stuff done if she just learns certain <laughs> words. So if she wants more. Well, she says she says macko because she thinks more and milk are the same words. Mm. So when you say. When you see, she sees milk or she's hungry, she'll start just going, Mako, Mako, Mako. <laughs> like she's that. not referring to the Japanese actor? <laughs> no, the guy that played. Uh, who was he on Samurai Jack? Who was the bad guy? Uh, he was um, Aku. Aku, yeah. Yeah, that guy's great. Oh, and he, he was And amazing. he played about 10 different people on MASH, was my experience. Yep. <laughs> MASH. Dude, what was MASH's deal? They had a list, <laughs> they had a list of like five Asian actors. <laughs> and they and just they rotate just, them through. Yeah, or that's they what just, you did. They'd call them. Then. Yeah, I'm, I guess they did. It's the seventies and eighties, right? What else did you do? That's what you did. Yeah, because I'm I'm finding that in a lot of old TV shows as we go back and watch them. Like, oh, this actor was on this show four times as four different characters. Yeah, it's weird. It's a little un. Um, I don't know when you. Well, part of the problem is we can binge it now, so we notice it. Yeah, because back then you'd be like, well, I saw Mash uh, last Thursday when it aired. And there was a cool Japanese um, army guy in it, and he was cool. And anyway, see you next time. And then we'd have a you know the whole summer of reruns, and you just yep. forgot. <laughs> Most people didn't even know that Colonel Potter came the previous season as a whole different character, and then came the next mm-hmm. season as the replacement colonel. 
and no one pay, no one noticed because no one can binge that stuff. It's just one old man was there, and then we had some time, and then a whole and then, thing, and then the new guy shows up, and you're oh, it's a new guy, but really you'd seen him, you didn't know. Yep, those are simpler. Yeah, times. you could get away with that back then. Yeah, I don't know if it was a simpler, <laughs> better time or if it was just I don't know. It's just the way shit went. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Welcome to the better way shit no, went. but. I'm gonna make a new show. It's gonna call. I'm gonna call the way shit went with Scott Johnson. Be my (laughs) hot new podcast. It's very exciting. Perfect. Um, Also, uh, this weekend marked uh, a moment of of weakness for me. Not weakness, but whatever. I've been in. (laughs) I've been. If I've had any leisure leisure time, it has been spent mostly um, rewatching Sopranos, kind of in the background while I do other work. And if if I'm actually got time to focus on something I want to do to entertain myself, it's been Starfield kind of all the time. Whenever I feel like playing, I'm playing. Sure. And uh, but something happened. Me and Carter uh, went to get some groceries, and in the car, wait, was this on that trip or was Kim still here? No, she was. I think it was this weekend. Anyway, I decided I'm in the mood for I'm in the mood for Mick Gordon, the uh, composer and musician behind the soundtracks for Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal. Uh, nice. And also some a bunch of other games. And um, mm-hmm. he's mostly known for those, though, because they're just incredible soundtracks. It's like this yeah. hard-driving acoustic metal... Not acoustic. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for where they don't have words? There's no singing. What's that called? Instrumental. Instrumental. Hey, you've been instrumental today in helping me remember that word. Thank you for that. <laughs> Uh, English is weird. Anyway, so, so I let, listen to that, which is so freaking good. Um, and I got so into it, I was like, uh, you know, I haven't played in a long time. <laughs> I haven't played Doom 2016 in a long time. And um, I played and beat that game back in 2016. Nice. And I started a whole nother run for some reason. I don't remember the reason it was for, but this was a couple of years ago. And then I just didn't, you know, I fell off or whatever. And so I went back into that save, which was maybe three hours in and uh, picked it up from there and then just played that last night until my eyes were so red. I had to go to sleep like (laughs) what the frick, dude? Why? Why? What what is it about? uh, I don't know. It just got me thinking about music and it's and it's power to draw people into everything. And even sometimes the lack of music. We were watching uh, Born Ultimatum, which is the best of the bored old tomato movies, uh, the the Born (laughs) movies. And I think second anyway, best, but second, really, what do you like better? What do you like more? I like identity better oh, uh, personally, okay. um, but it's, it's very close ultimatum. I was talking about this the other day. I, I supremacy and ultimatum. I have, uh, have to get over some hurdles because I saw born supremacy in the theater yeah. sitting next to one of my best friends who is a giant Robert Ludlum fan. Oh. And he was a seething ball of hate. Mm. For the entire two-hour runtime, those books are nothing like the movie. The movies take, took yeah. their own license, right? So, so it was. I had that experience watching that for the first time. So I've got. To, I had to get over that hurdle. Mm. Um, but I also just there's something about the first movie that I just really like. First movie's and, pretty good. I think Doug Liman's a good director. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. knocked it out of the park. I didn't like how many CRTs were in it, but then you know that was that's older that movie. <laughs> that's a weird thing to get bugged about. There are way more <laughs> flat screens in the in the last two, but um, right. I didn't like the last one, um, but I really like I really like uh, Ultimatum. I don't know why. And we and the consensus on Film Sack was 
that it was the best, but I'm glad to hear a dissenting opinion finally. We all, you know, we were all patting each other on the back, but I didn't know Travis over here had a different idea. Um, yeah, but anyway, every once in a while, I've got some different ideas. It's nothing wrong with that. Different ideas is what makes <laughs> the world go north or something. Uh, but anyway, so the point is, what was my point? My point was, oh, how music and the lack of music are, to me, are both like intense things. So you take mm-hmm. this soundtrack from Doom, it adds so much to the texture of that game. Just it's almost it's almost half the game without it. It's like a really good yeah. fundamental shooter. It's very good. But the the music adds something that's so hard to explain. And I and I really like that. And that's true of almost anything John Williams has ever done. Like for me, Jurassic Park is half the movie without that score. Um, oh, Star Wars is is not remembered the way that it is without John Williams' score. Like, no, 100%. That music, 100%. That music was... Because every science fiction thing up to that point was kind of 70s style sort of synthy music. And they went, no, we're going to go with John Williams. Like full score, you know, orchestra. Yeah, whole other level. Yeah, yeah, and um, that that and the sound work and that. I mean, obviously the effects work are a big deal too. It's all groundbreaking, but but that and the effects, sound effects work. Sound sound mm-hmm. uh, not editing, but sound. What's the word I'm looking for? Sound sound design. Design is the word I'm looking for. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I got you. The, <laughs> without those two things, Star Wars is a weird thing. You're right, a weird thing in the '70s. Everyone forgot. Mm-hmm. And there were no sequels, and, and if they were, they were bad. And you know, oh yeah. like it's just a different world without that stuff. Well, you had and, to have it, and you know, you're right. And like music and or the lack of makes such a huge impact. I mean, I think of when I saw um, No Country for Old Men for the first time, yeah, and I'm sitting dude. in the theater, and I was like two thirds of the way through the movie before I realized there hasn't been any music in There's this, none, in there. and it creates such a different feel yeah. than if you put music in there anywhere. Yeah, no, it, it adds so much to what that movie's about. And I think the Coen brothers, I mean, obviously they work with music all the time in lots of their movies, but it, they're especially adept at making that work. And uh, it's really something. There's a there's a t- part at the top of the movie where Tommy Lee Jones is narrating the early bits, mm-hmm. going, there's to be a time when after dirty this, that, whatever he's saying. And there's a discordant kind of in the background. Yeah, It's not really music. It's more like, don't go down that hallway in the dark kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then that's it. The whole rest of the movie. No, no music of any kind. And you, and if you're not really paying attention to it, you don't realize it until you're done or even halfway through it sometimes like you were. And it's like, what the frick is this? How does this even work? How is this possible? And I, I really like that. So I, the reason I brought up Ultimatum is there's that scene in Morocco where he jumps through that window across mm-hmm. through another building and into a window for the big fight. And there's music up to that moment that he crashes through there, but then he hits the ground and they start that choreographed brawl. Yeah. And it's sans music of any kind. And it's so much more intense. Oh, so much more. Because all you're hearing is the rustling of clothes and things hitting each other. And you're like, you're pulled in at that point to what's going on. Yeah. So much more than if they had any kind of a music bed over that. But I, you're right. I love how they cut it as he hits that window or. Yeah. Yeah. The really fake good. window because was a, it was put yeah, it was definitely post. fake, but it was a really it was a really cool moment. Good. I think Paul Greengrass is a hell of a director, even though I know oh, he, yeah. he's a shakycam.com kind of guy. <laughs> All right, I know he that is, some of you he's don't gotten like that. Better. That's that's part of why I like Ultimatum uh, is that they they backed off a little bit on the shaky cam from Supremacy. Yeah. Not a not a ton, but not a ton. They dialed it they dialed it down to like a nine. 
Yeah. Eight and a half. He's great. I love that guy. He can make he'll oh, make good. a movie. I'll go see it. Did you see uh, um, yeah. News of the World? No, that's the only one I have not. Oh, wait. we I also haven't seen the Swedish uh, shooting one, the uh, July mm. 11 or whatever it's called, or July 22, I think it's called. I it haven't seen that one. Uh, uh, it's supposed yet, to be a lot. See. It's along the lines of like United 93, you know, real, okay. real event sort of kind of movie. Um, but yeah, I've, I've not seen either of those two. I guess it's his two latest. Those are the two I haven't seen. Yeah. And yeah. I, News of the World was good. Yeah, you liked it? I liked it. Yeah. yeah. It's a Western, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Oh, they're back together after yeah, I'm the captain now, after that whole thing. Yeah. That oh, was, that's that was, right. That was yes. his deal. Uh, nice. I only saw that movie this year, earlier this year, like in the winter, early winter, or uh, pre-spring. I watched Captain Phillips for the first time. <laughs> that, was a, that was a bit of an intense watch, that movie there. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, um, I I did go see a new one, a new movie on Friday. Um, mm. Mm. I went to the theater to see uh, A Haunting in Venice. Oh, how uh, the um, last uh, Perot thing, Mustache Man movie didn't didn't get very good reviews. How this one? How's it, this one? It didn't. Um, this one I like better. Uh, I'm I'm a sucker for murder mysteries. Anyway, I love that stuff. I grew up reading Sherlock Holmes and and all of that. Yeah. Um, this one I liked. Almost as much as Murder on the Orient Express. I love Kenneth Branagh's got a style to him, and he, yeah. he incorporates a lot of horror elements into this. Um, is he directing this different. stuff, or is it just him? Is he just in it? No, he's directing. Okay. Yeah, all right, that's cool. And um, he's talented. Yeah, it was a, oh, he's very talented, and it's yeah. is good. It was fun. I enjoyed it. The, the sad thing was, it was both. It was a double edged sword. So I went Friday night at seven o'clock, right? So prime time opening night uh, to see it in the theater. There were less than twenty people there. Oh my! Not which not, not your big blockbuster uh, at end of summer movie, I guess. So no, much. no, not no. great for the old uh, box office, but mm. nice for the movie going experience. Because yeah, it's, it's like like getting on an airplane. Kim did this on her way to Mississippi this last week. She she got on her plane and none. She had a middle seat on one side of the plane and nobody next to her on either side, and oh. across from her, nobody on all three of those seats. Oh, like wow. you had an entire like width width of the plane to just like, you know, you could jump back and forth, throw a ball over there. Half hour later, go over there and get it. Throw it back to yourself. You do whatever you want. That's amazing. I want that in my life. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so I, well, I guess the bottom line is uh, music will get you to play video games. Yes. Sir. Um. One other thing. Okay. Back on the movies thing, and you know, Travis, is a big movie guy, so it's fun to talk about movies on here with you. Um, Nick and I have had this plan forever. We've been both very busy. Um, you know, he's busy working. He's got his own place now. He's, you know, over there trying to adult and all that stuff. And we, I have always had this list of movies that I wanted Nick to see. But he was either okay. too young or life went so fast that we just didn't get around to seeing them. Mm-hmm. And we finally compiled this list. And I would like your reaction to my list. Okay. On uh, chat room as well. If you think there should be anything I, I plug into this or this is wanting in some way, let me know. Uh, but here are the here's the list of films Nick and I are going to watch. Now, one that isn't on here is the one we are absolutely watching. So on my six days of October where Kim's gone, Carter's gone, I'm here all alone. Nick's going to take his day off on a Monday. Uh, and after TMS, when I'm done, he's going to come over here. And the rest of that day, completely focused on just 
dad, son, hang out, pizza, watch movies that we've never seen together, blah, blah, blah. Nice. It's going to be great. Can't wait. It's going to be super fun. Uh, Shawshank Redemption is the first thing we're watching because he's never seen it. And I'm of great the opinion choice. it's one of the greatest films ever made. So, you know, why wouldn't you watch that? And I've seen it, I don't mm-hmm. know, 15 times. Why not 16? Let's do it. Sure. Um, then, then we go like this. Road to Perdition. Uh, this is a movie I love and he has wanted to see for a long time. So that's on there. Goodfellas, Gladiator, Unforgiven, Saving Ryan's Privates. Sorry, Saving Private Ryan, Jaws, Braveheart, Dances with Wolves, Rain Man, Fargo, and The Green Mile. Um, you may notice there's a lot of, let's see, one, two, three, four. There's quite a few 90s movies in here, a little, a couple late mm-hmm. 80s, I guess. Um, let's see, when was, Goodfellas was 89, I think, right? I think so. Uh, 89, 90. Okay. Unforgiven was like right there too. Yeah. Unforgiven was 92 or one. I can't remember mm-hmm. what year it won. It's, it's, Oscar. I think it was 91 because it won in nine, won at the 92 Oscars. Private Ryan was 98. Mm-hmm. Uh, Braveheart was early 90s. 95. 95. Is that right? Yeah. Dances with Wolves, Rain Man. Let's see, Rain Man was late 80s. Fargo was yep. 97, 6, 96? 96. Fargo. He's leaning toward our first day because we're going to watch two that mm. day. So we do we do uh, Shawshank and then um, Fargo. That's his current brain, where his brain's at. Now, okay. I told him the Green Miles, same director as, as uh, you know, this is Frank Darabont. And he goes, yeah. oh, maybe we should do those back to back. And I thought... I don't know. Makes more sense maybe to just break that up a little. You know, you don't. Wanna... I would break that up. Also, Green Mile is three hours long. Yeah, it's and a big Shawshank one. is is a pretty long one too. That's a that's a long double feature. That's a beast, right? Um, that's two thirds. But of I would a director's cut of Lord of the Rings in, in time. You don't want to spend that yeah, kind of time, basically. Yeah. Um, and I I would break up those and and mix in a different director than Darabont. It's a great list. I've seen the only thing on this list I haven't seen is Road to Perdition, um, which is oh, it's so good. going to happen soon. Um, I have it kind of earmarked for uh, doing it on the podcast. Mm. Um, but all the rest of these are great, um, great choices. Uh, Road to Perdition is rad. It's like, uh, it's, it's based on a comic book, uh, mm-hmm. an old um, I think Dark Horse is who published the book. But anyway, for my money, it's still my favorite comic book adaptation that is out of the, you know, that's more in the indie comics scene. Um, and I know there, there are other good ones. Like, there's things I like about Mystery Men, even though a lot of it doesn't hold up now. Another Dark Horse thing. There's things I like about yeah. the Hellboy series. Like, there's a lot of non-Marvel, non-DC, non-mainstream comic book to movie adaptations sure. that I like. But this one has always stood really tall. Sam Mendez is a great director. Like, I'm really, really jazzed to show him that one. Um, chat says, why isn't Pulp Fiction on here? Nick has seen Pulp Fiction a number of times. That's why it's not on here. So this is just a list of movies he isn't. He has never seen. So Shawshank is the start of it. The rest of these I listed are just ones I thought of. Obviously, there's hundreds, thousands that I could yeah. talk to him about. But... Um, he's seen everything else. Like you can't name a, I don't know, trying to think of a, like there's not a Pixar movie we haven't watched together. There's not, um, you know, Star Wars, Mar, all this, all that. We've done it all. We've done all that stuff. Sure. So this is prestige stuff. Ooh, prestige. Wing Manga, Wind Mangus in the chat said prestige right when I use the word prestige. The prestige is awesome. I am putting that on the list. That's a great one. 
You know yeah. what else? I yeah. just thought, thought of that. What, what other Nolan businesses? He probably hasn't seen Inception. You know? Oh, man. Uh, Prestige, Inception, Memento. Oh, Memento's good. Okay, Prestige it's really good. and Inception. All right. I'm, I'm, whoops, I wrote them very fast, so they're all wrong. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I know what I meant. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. But if anyone out there has like additional suggestions, uh, toss us a text and let us know what you think Nick should watch. 801 462 and I'll tell you what, the first person, you know what? I'll even expand that. The first three people who send a text to that number with movie suggestions for Nick, and they need to be actual suggestions, the next three people to do that will get these brand new Frog Pants logo uh, pin. If I can those pull are great. It. Oops, it's hard to see it. Uh, look at him. Ribbit. He's like this little guy down here. <laughs> And uh, it's a pen, so you, you know, stick it on your thing, collect them all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they all come. You know what I hate about pens when you get them from the manufacturer? They all have this really thin protective layer on it, which I appreciate because it means they're you know mm-hmm. you're not going to get banged up in shipping and stuff. But you can, you you're not sure it's actually there, so it just looks a little Vaseline-y, and you're like, oh, that doesn't look good. What's wrong with that? Oh, I see. This comes off, and then you have to take about 15 minutes to get to the edge of it and finally peel the damn thing off. Yes. Oh, sucks it's ass. The- that that one drives me crazy. Yeah, it's annoying. Um, it's annoying. Anyway, whoever those people are, I'm going to go check right now. I'll bet we got. I bet we got somebody. We can probably give a shout out to a name or two here. Uh, the first text I've received. Oh, here we go. Oh, there's a bunch of these. All right, how do we give? Okay, they have to be movies he hasn't seen. So that's one of the rules. So sure. uh, the person that said Tombstone, I'm sorry, that one will not count. Mm, uh, Dark one, City, ooh, Dark City, dude. Oh you yes. Win. Toss me your name and address. Okay. Also, uh, if you do Dark City, yeah. find the director's cut. Oh yeah, the director's cut rocks. Uh, so much better. Yeah, I have that on. I think I have a Blu-ray version of that version. Okay. So I think that's where we'd watch it, or we would at least seek out the streaming uh, equivalent, because it's 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 a lot like that. Um, it's like Blade Runner's director's cut stuff so much better than the freaking og yes had you do you okay here's a question for you oh we got more Wait, mm-hmm. uh, let me give one more of these away um he's sure already did. seen tombstone he's already seen holy grail gremlins he's seen uh dog day afternoon he'd like that you know what dog day afternoon's a good one i'm gonna give that to this person <laughs> i don't know who it is and- i don't have their names <laughs> Oh, Becca Smiles. Gonna, that's who it is. Becca Smiles. Sorry, go ahead. You were going to say. Okay, that. I'm going to give you one for free. That's an older one, uh, but uh, I haven't seen it mentioned yet. And it is, it is an older movie that I watched and I could not believe I had never seen before. The Maltese Falcon. Oh, that movie's great. That movie's so good. It's older, old as dirt, but it's fantastic. It, it's it holds up. Uh, more people saying Tombstone. Quit doing that. Uh, <laughs> Interstellar. I don't know if he's seen it, but I'm gonna call. I'm gonna count it. Uh, I I can't. I don't know if he's seen Interstellar. I love Interstellar. So all right. So I have told three people. Oh my gosh, so many people say Parasite. You guys are wackadoos. Um, <laughs> you knew that was coming. I know. You knew that was happening. And his generation, not his generation. I don't want to blanket it. Him, him in particular. He's the one that keeps turning subtitles on everything. It's driving me freaking nuts. When they come over to the house, they're doing laundry or whatever, and they got old King of the Hill running or something on TV. They have to have subtitles. I'm like, Nick, why do you have subtitles? 
well, I just, it's easier to follow. No, it's not. It's more distracting. I can't. <laughs> We're having a real uh, generational divide on this issue, this topic. So maybe Parasite would work for him because he likes them subtitles. I don't know. I'll consider. Who knows? Ooh. Uh, uh, what's the train one? The Snowpiercer. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good one, too. Same, same director. I could do that. And that one's in English. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'll get me in some email trouble. Let's move on. Yep. Uh, let's move on to um, uh, this right here. This is some news. Hold on. I'm in the wrong place. Okay, great. Here we go. Today's news is brought to you by TV's Travis's shows. He's got like four of them. Uh, tell us more about your lineup, man, and where people can get them. Sure. So um, I am part of four current podcast the main one for me is called wait you haven't seen mm. and it's movies where either my guest or me are seeing it for the very first time um this most recent episode that will come out on wednesday i had from the movie madness podcast or Mo- monster madness podcast a guy named matt stein he'd never seen killer clowns from outer space oh my. so we watched that oh wow um, but two weeks ago, I had my friend Steven on. He had never seen American Gangster. So there's there's no like restrictions on what we watch. It's just somebody brings something they've never seen before. Um, that one has been going for about four years now. Uh, and then I do a show uh, on classic television. Basic, and we define classic as anything pre-2000. Oh, okay. Called that's pretty Those cool Were now. the Days. Yeah, it's 23 years um, old. So that's, I think it counts. Yeah. We have this yeah. argument on uh, play retro all the time. What constitutes retro? I think twenty three years is. Uh, that's a, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a chunk of time. So that one, that one I do with uh, Audie Norman, um, Stephen Adams from uh, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, and Amy Frost, and we. Um, that's fun because we pick a topic. Like right now, we're doing private eye shows. Mm-hmm. So we each pick an episode of a show every week and do, so we do four weeks of private eye shows, Mm -hmm. Magnum PI tonight. We're going to talk about Simon and Simon, um, (laughs) that kind of stuff. I love Simon and Simon growing up. It's good. And we, it's, it's great because we always try to pick stuff that isn't necessarily the first choice. The first thing you would think of. Um, Mm -hmm. we have a lot of fun with that one. Uh, I also do, um, horror movies only with, uh, Monica. Um, Oh Yeah. That's right, and uh, and dread and our friend Faye, and we do. Uh, it's called Gore. Uh, it's all uh, that. Well, that one comes out twice a month. Um, that's a, been a ton of fun. We just passed fifty episodes of that. Nice. So we've been at that for a little while now. Yeah. And uh, the fourth one, Audie and I are bringing back for one more season. Let's watch Highlander. We're going to finish off. We've watched all of Highlander the series. We've watched every live action Highlander film. We've watched the animated series. We watched the anime film. That, uh, I'm sorry. There was, was an anime produced. film. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, it came out. It was the uh, the guy who directed Ninja Scroll made one oh. in like 20. I want to say it's like 2010 ish era. Uh, it's called people, Highlander: The Search for Vengeance. People always ask me where where is where. So I give a lot of heat to a lot of anime because a lot of it's just ridiculous mm-hmm. to me. But man, El, this Ninja Scrolls badass. So it, good. I'll tell you, he did a great job with the Highlander one too. It's right. it's a lot of fun. It's a it's set in the future, yeah, um, and it's good. But there was another live action series. They did a spinoff of Highlander the series called Highlander the Raven, where they uh, um, followed a different immortal. Her name's Amanda. Hmm. She was a a regular 
um, on the series. She would show up here and there. So they did that for one season. It didn't last. But Audie and I are going to watch that. So starting actually this week, we're getting back into it. And we're going to watch the 13 episodes of Highlander the Raven. What do you so. th- what do you think of uh, this news that uh, John Wick director and writer is teaming up with Henry Cavill to reboot the entire Highlander universe? How do you feel about that? I I love it because first of all, Chad Stahelski, the John Wick films, I love them, mm-hmm. and I think that he's got the right mentality and he wants to do it. And Henry Cavill, I think, could be great. I've always said, I've said for a long time, I would love to see taking this world, taking that mythology. And bringing it into the information age, because part of what makes Highlander work so well is it was in the 80s when it started. And there was there was a little bit of computer work, but we didn't have like, no, not like the camera. There weren't cameras everywhere and there weren't all the surveillance stuff. And like it was a lot easier for somebody to just hide and change their identity. How are they going to incorporate that now? Yeah, there's a that's really really interesting. I I think Henry Cavill make a just a badass Connor McLeod. I just. Oh, yeah. Great. So yeah, bring it on. Uh, make that movie; that'd be great. I'm sure that. Yeah, but uh, those are the shows. Um, I do. I, I have a great website. Uh, actually, Frog uh, Tadpooler Bombats um, helped me design an awesome website. TVstravis.com. You can find all my shows there. Uh, when to get them? They're available on all your podcatchers, and I also do put a video version of Wait You Haven't Seen on my YouTube channel. Oh, very nice. Uh, which will be getting more content uh, as well. Like just for youtube there very nice go check it out what's your name on youtube tv travis tv's travis all right to get that everywhere i managed to yeah fantastic um oh quick note here psa if you listen to the show via google podcasts and maybe you won't hear this because that's how you listen to the show (laughs) (laughs) uh they're choking on all sorts of problems right now with feeds and i'm trying to wrangle how to get that fixed on their end they are impossible to deal with when it comes to this stuff um they're too big and run by robots so trying to yeah. reclaim feeds and get the proper rss update and all this stuff uh after moving hosts is just a kind of a nightmare everyone else is fine all of their directories no issues all the forwarding's working everything's good zero problems except google podcasts which is such a half-assed effort anyway it bugs the crap out of me um, but I'm working I had, on it. I had the same issue. Mine was minor because my feed was so much smaller than yours. But when I moved uh, last year, the same thing. Google Podcast was the slowest one to update. So I can imagine with feeds as large as some of yours are and, and all that kind of stuff, it probably is a pain. They just aren't. I don't know what I don't know what the problem is. They just don't have a good way to deal with it. And if somebody else claims your feed and you try no, to go reclaim worse. it, it's like trying to pry something out of someone's cold dead hands. It's just horrible. <laughs> So someone else right now, for example, they they supposedly someone else owns the rights to make any adjustments to the entry for the morning stream over there. Ugh. So I'm right now I'm fighting like that's not my email address and I can't do this without getting that changed and the and all they can do is go beep boop beep did that help beep boop beep uh, did yeah. that answer your question? It's like freaking have a person. I need people. All right. Yeah, that's the worst part. Yeah, I need more people, man. Less robots, more people. All right, here's a Mm -hmm. quick story for you. Uh, Italy's invasive blue crab, this is a thing that happens every year, where they just Uh go crazy with the blue crabs, has the Korean seafood world excited. Let's learn more. An Italian crustacean infestation, oh, that's fun to say, isn't it? (laughs) Crustacean infestation. 
is fanning culinary excitement in Korea with a local seafood importer reaching out uh, to Italy for possible imports. Italy's northern Adriatic coast has been dealing with an invasive crab species called the Atlantic blue crab in recent years with the species wreaking havoc on the country's ecosystem and causing millions of dollars worth of damage. Uh, Mm. They got a bad case of the crabs. That's what that is. First introduced oh. to the the bilges bilges of foreign vessels several years ago, the Atlantic blue crab found a hospitable environment in the Mediterranean waters, warmed by climate change. The unwelcome outsider soon went to devour ninety percent of Italy's young clams. Oh. Will no one think of the young clams, mm. causing a loss of one hundred million euros, one hundred and forty-two billion won. I don't know what it is in the U.S. money, but they did the Korean and the and the uh, European money. Anyway, sure. This is according to the Federal Speaker Con Confederative. Do you think that was right? Do you think I got that? Uh, nailed it. No notes. None. No notes at all. Nope. Italy's problem has ignited a wave of excitement in South Korea, where uh, marinated raw crab called gijang gijang. Uh, in Korea is a delicacy. So they're these fishmongers over there, and in this article they call them keen fishmongers, mm-hmm. sensing a culinary gold mine, prompted, promptly leaped into action, and now they're going to import all this blue crab, and they're going to save the world from the scourge that was the Italian blue crab. Save Italy. Boom. The Koreans are going to save Italy by eating all the blue crab. Save Italy, save the world. That's what Heroes <laughs> taught us in 2006. <laughs> yes. Uh, isn't it weird I remember the year that show came out? 2006, just in my head. Mm-hmm. Heroes. It is a little weird. Amazing first season. What a petered, yeah. out, petered out piece of garbage after that. It's bad. It, it, the worst uh, casualty of that writer's strike was yeah, Heroes. Yeah, that's right. Because remember, just it was destroyed like... destroyed that show. That second season was like written by 12-year-old boys. It was so bad. And they don't... That's That doesn't happen so much anymore. It's not supposed to happen, right? Because they're not going to... Because that's what they did back then with that show and a few others was that was scab writers, right? As some of it was, I think, yeah. So like that horrible second season of an otherwise pristine total run of uh, Friday Night Lights. It was yeah. so depressing because <laughs> literally one of the greatest shows that TV network TV's ever had. It's so good. It's such an amazing show. Great to go back to uh, and watch again. But season two... Freaking Landry killed a guy. Like this high school, it it was so bad. It was so just not tonally consistent with what that show was, and they fixed it. Season three and it, all the way to the end, amazing! What a run, incredible show. Mm-hmm. But do we just all pretend that two didn't happen? In this case, like in Heroes, it was the death knell. Two two would be the end of them. But yeah, man, what a because bummer. they like Heroes just never recovered from it. They they started falling into like too many tropey tropey things. Cause there was stuff in seasons three. I think they did four Yeah. and there was elements of three and four that were okay, but they just couldn't get out of their own way. Was, oh, that's right. They did have more than two, but it was, I guess that was it for me at the end of two. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, this just jumped about 15 sharks. I'm done, which is really sad. Yeah. Cause this is like pre MCU pre, mm-hmm. you know, how, how do we feel about, supernatural hero crap on television it proved it could work you know everybody's losing their shit over it and then season two was just the here's the sound that season two makes right here that's the sound (laughs) 
pretty much. Um, let's talk about Canada. Canada! This is a story about Ontario and a woman who has no idea why 1,000 condoms were shipped to her house. No idea whatsoever. I don't have any idea where these condoms came from or why they're here, <laughs> she, she says. A woman from northern Ontario says she has no idea why this hot giant box was sent to her. This had 1,000 Trojan condoms. I think that's ironic. Because, you know, Trojan. <laughs> why did they name? I got a question about Trojan. The story about the Trojan horse, okay? Uh-huh. The whole idea is sneaking dudes in. You know? Uh-huh. Hey, what do you want to do with that big horse? Well, we're going to put it out there. They'll think it's a gift. It's full of dudes. And they, when they get it in there, they're all going to bust out of there and just, you know, if they don't kill them with the BO from staying in there for three days straight, <laughs> they're going to get them some other way. But boy, they didn't see that coming, right? That's the whole idea. Sure. of the Trojan horse. So when you're like, hey, we got to name these condoms and get these on the market. What do you want to do? Well, how about that thing that's about sneaking dudes into something? <laughs> you know? I mean, uh, I I don't want to. I don't want to go there. I don't know how <laughs> to even, I don't know how to suss it out in my own head. I just think it's I a, don't. like I want to be in that meeting. I want to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> and I want to know how they came to that conclusion because it just seems like a very odd thing or or was it is there some other trojan meaning i don't understand like tough soldiers or <laughs> that's even worse like <laughs> <laughs> no it's just, it gets worse the more layers we peel back yeah i don't want to peel don't peel back any layers of your trojan condom it won't work no. as well it's not guaranteed no. to keep out the men if you know what i'm saying <laughs> uh anyway this lady says we got this box it contained 30 it was a container it was a 30 boxes of condoms that had 34 in each package we have no wow. idea uh, who sent it to us. It says Jolie Angelheart of Chaplu in Toronto. Uh, Angelheart said, oh, that's like that movie with Mickey Rourke, Angelheart. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. the one where um, <laughs> Brian would laugh right now if I told this stupid story. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> all I remember about that movie is Lisa Bonet got a, got shot in the hoo-ha. That's all I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. I think that's how that went. That's that's most of what I remember about that movie, but only because every time it's brought up, you when, when it's brought up with you, that's what you mentioned. <laughs> I can't help it. It's been so long since I've seen it. That's all I can remember. I used to do a thing I don't do anymore because I don't think it's very nice to people who are born. Is there another? Is there a better term now for albino? You know, what do you, do we say a different um, thing? Because that doesn't sound very nice. I don't think so. It's probably it's the, all it's we the have. Term that's all we have, right? So when somebody would say, I used to do this. I don't do this anymore. But somebody would say, oh, yeah, I think that was... Uh, well, this is, you can say it about animals. Let's say, um, I saw an albino snake. Sure. And I immediately would go, oh, all white with pink eyes. And I would say it regardless of the context. So anybody anywhere could say, oh, I'm so white. I can't go out in the sun. I'm just an albino. You mean all white with pink eyes? I would <laughs> always say that. I don't do that now. Because I think it's rude well, to good. people who might be albino. But uh, another thing I always do, <laughs> someone brings up Finnish people, and I say, oh, they're, they're, they float three inches above the ground and they're so see-through that you can see the little heartbeat like a baby fish. Every time. It's not, fair, it. it's not fair to the Finnish. It's not fair to me. I don't know why I do it. Anyway, she doesn't know why she got weird. these condoms. She has no idea, but uh, they have enough for a lifetime. That's the end of that story. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of condoms. Uh, a thousand condoms. I don't know. Would that be enough for a lifetime if you're a pretty frisky couple? You know? I, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Uh, I don't know. It'd let's be do the math. a lifetime for me. Let's but. do the math. We got... Let's say you wanted to use all thousand in a year to break a record. 
You got a thousand condoms. Whoops. Let's do that. Let's do a calculator. Well, about three times a day. You'd be three. Is that the is that the math? Well, it's three hundred and sixty-five days in a year. Oh, so yeah. divided by three sixty-five, you'd have to do it two point seven three times a day. But I wouldn't recommend I mean, that. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I don't want to be that point seven three. That's rough. <laughs> no, that that feels like that's going to be unsatisfying. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone anybody wins with that. Uh, that's all right, we're, just chafing. We're gonna, <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by tomorrow's guest host, but today in the in the uh, capacity of a science expert, Mr. Bobby Frankenberger. Uh, so that's coming up right after this break, and I've got music to play that Brian sent me to tell you guys about real quick. So here's the deal. Um, let me pull this up so I have it in front of me. It's a song called "Baby Teeth." It is a indie in the middle today, and it was sent in by. Uh, when I, oh, Black Panda, which Brian has used quite a bit for uh, for various uh, bands like this. Uh, they are listed as a pithy alt rock star. Uh, star Zoco drops a new single called "Baby Teeth" from the forthcoming EP. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and play that now. It says here, driven by electric guitar and powerful bold vocals. Uh, Brian says in his opener here, this is for TMS's Indie in the Middle, and it's great. So I'm gonna believe him says the music resonates with the spirit of a new era while playing homage to the iconic sounds of the past. Ooh. Ooh. So we're going to play that now and uh, come back in just a moment. Stay tuned.
wait, neither can I. All right. Once again, that was Baby Teeth by Zoe Co. Zoe Co. I keep saying Zoe. Zoe Co. Uh, Z-O-E. <laughs> Last name K-O. K-O. Anyway, she seems rad. And uh, this this song is cool. So watch for this coming out very soon in full album form. Awesome. And I love that that clip coming back in. That was like the start of half a dozen lines in a song. Yeah. That just never finished. Yeah. This is So this is a dude. I'll tell you what it was. It was a video I found on YouTube of a guy who is singing and I think it's a church and he sounds like a, you know, really, um, uh, hardcore gospel singing project way out into the, into the congregation kind of singer. But I, I think he was trying to riff or, or improv and then just didn't have any words. So it just came out (laughs) like this. I didn't edit that. It's just him going (laughs) like, just kind of letting it rip. I mean that, or he may be having a stroke during that. He might be, and that would be, boy, that would be a, that's a bummer. That would be unfortunate. That'd be real unfortunate. Nobody wants that. All right. Uh, Oh, goodness. Let me open up the right tab. Here we go. All right. We are at the phase of today's program where we got to add Bobby to this mix and have a little fun uh, with Mr. Franks. His dad was Mr. Franks, I guess. Uh, Anyway, he's on his way in. Let's see if we can get him in here and play his little dealio here. Science! Bob is hungry, and the soup looks good. Uh, can confirm. It's Bobby Frankenberger. He is our science correspondent here on the show. Comes on most Wednesdays, or Mondays, every other Monday, to talk about the latest in uh, stuff going on around that uh, space. Hello, Bobby. Welcome to Science Time with you. How are you? <laughs> Thank you for welcoming <laughs> to me with me. Yes, you are here. We're all here. Uh, it's good to have you here. Uh, nice. How's to see my you. how's my microphone volume? I got a new microphone, and you know how things go. You're loud, but I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna change you on my end. Well, I thought I might have turned myself up loud, so why don't I turn myself down a little bit? All right, go for it. It's just a little overmodulated. How's that? That's a mi- minus five. That's pretty good. We'll leave. That's pretty good right there. All right. I think we're good there. Uh, Bobby, welcome back. It's been a bit, man. I, uh, I'm sure high scientific things have happened, whether I was paying attention <laughs> to it or not, right? Things happen. Yeah, things happen all the time. Yeah. Things happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to give you guys... You, I, I have a list of animals that don't fart. Oh, oh shit. Okay, hold on. This I want is to, good knowledge. Then let's start. Yeah. With, let's go with. Uh, is it like the top ten? Or, you know, like number one being the most non-farty. Sure. Do you want to try to? Do you want to try to see how many of these you can guess? Yeah. So I've I'm got gonna, nine on this. List. Nine are they specific things or species level, like whole categories of species? Uh, I mean, they are species, but I'm not like like if if it were, it's not. But if it were, um, one of them were say, uh, jellyfish. I chose that one because they don't even have digestive tracts. <laughs> uh, if it were jellyfish, uh, that would be the speed. I'm not going to ask you to say like man of war, oh, je- okay. you know, or like like it's just okay. Well, then I'm gonna I- I'm gonna stick with my original one, which is birds. Is that on there? Birds is on the list. Okay. Okay. Birds. Birds neither poo, uh, uh, or there's something else they don't do. Oh, they don't. They I mean, do, not poo. They burp. They don't. They do. Poo. They don't burp or fart. Yeah, there's no burps. Yeah. No burps coming out. Um, yeah. Okay. Birds. The reason they don't is interesting. It's because they don't have the stomach bacteria that that causes gas to build up. 
I was going to say some amphibians slash reptiles, but I had a snake that farted, so I don't think that's in there. It's not on my list, anyway. Uh, no. Travis, did anything anything jump to your head? <sighs> I mean, I would have guessed like uh, rep- some kind of reptile, like a like geckos or li- you know lizards, something reptile or amphibian. Yeah, maybe they don't. Maybe we'll say, you know what? Uh, Wait, what if we said reptile? Would that? Would you tell? Uh, I guess you can tell us. Well, re- reptile would be awful broad, but like, uh, I de- um, not uh, alligators. Alligators. Alligators aren't on my list, um, but frogs are, which I don't know why I bring that up because frogs are amphibians, not reptiles. Um, but frogs are on the list. Frogs are on the list. So they. Yeah. Frogs don't fart. Frogs don't fart. Wow. I didn't know that. Why yeah, did I, I, I don't have any reptiles on the list. I will tell you. Let's 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 name some more. This is going to get real boring real fast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, their octop- octopuses don't sea anemones, sea cucumbers. I don't know if you ever would have thought that sea anemones or sea cumber cucumbers did. So um, I don't see the value of them being on the list. No. Um, the uh, but sloths don't really, which may be the mammal that you were thinking of. Sloths um, don't fart. They might be the only mammal it says here, but then also badgers are on the list, and I'm pretty sure badgers are. Maybe mammals. sloths fart, but they just do it so slow you just never can perceive it. <laughs> well, they don't have um, they they don't have a lot of bacteria in their gut either. That's why they eat so slowly. Yeah, um, I was going to say it's probably got a lot to do with what types of things these animals eat. Yeah, right? so if you, mean, if, they, you, if you gave a bowl of, of Cheetos to a, uh, one of those animals, and God forbid anyone ever did that. You probably are. You you could put the thing in danger because I think any of that kind of processed crap food that we eat ourselves, you give it to these kind of animals and they can't they can't push it through. They can't get it out. Sloths eat a lot of you know leaves and and plant material, which would cause a lot of gas to build up if if we ate it. But um, they don't have the bacteria for it. So and that's why they digest it so slowly is because they don't have bacteria to help assist that. Interesting. Um, so, have you ever smelled a sloth? You ever been near one to smell it? Um, I've been, I mean, I've been at the zoo and looked at the sloths, but like everything kind of smells the same at the zoo. Yeah, you know? yeah, it all kind of smells. That's smell. just like the collective stinky animal smell. I have just always assumed that a sloth reeks, but I could be dead wrong. Maybe those things are like a throw pillow straight from your dryer. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Yeah, yeah, they move real slow, so um, I don't know why that makes me think they're smelly as well. I know it's weird, right? It's like they must be. <laughs> see, I go in the opposite stink. direction, which is they move so slow they don't get overheated in sweat, so they're not getting all that bacteria on their skin. That's true. I've never seen yeah. one pant. Never seen a panting uh, <laughs> sloth. All I've ever but seen. I've never do seen is just a go, sloth bathe itself either. Oh yeah, how do they do that? True. I wonder. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun to watch. Slowly, they dropped a bar of soap. They're never going to get that thing back. <laughs> nope, that's that's never coming. All right, more mammals on the list, or what else we got? Like I said, it says badgers. Oh uh, well, they're dicks. I didn't badgers really look deep care. into this list before I came on, so I'm realizing now that this is that I, this is a dumb list. Is it a dumb list? <laughs> I well, mean, look, we, just, we gave you, know, you no time for your dumb list, right? We didn't plan. You just... yeah, I'm not apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right, then. That's probably not our main topic, though. Um, no, no, no. I have a public service announcement for our main topic. Oh, my gosh. All right. What do you got? 
Well, this is brand new news. Just last week, um, the uh, the FDA there was an FDA advisory panel that voted unanimously that um, that the uh, that Sudaf- that the 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 decongestant in Sudafed over the counter, which is um, which is a diphenhydramine or no no no, it's phenylephrine, is not effective at treating nasal decongestion. Yeah, this is true of a whole bunch of products that use it, right? They're they're yeah. that they're saying that ingredient that we've said for decades now does work. Yeah. Doesn't work. Yeah, so and this is a funny Ooh. story and the reason I'm bringing it up is not just for the public service announcement part of it, but I do think that's important because we here in our house in the Frankenberger household because my wife Stephanie is a pharmacist, we've known for a long time that this phenylephrine is you like don't get the over the counter Sudafed. Like it's that's that's always been a thing. If I were to bring that home, I would be in trouble. Um, <laughs> Are you sure it's because, not? It's not that it's. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not that it works better at higher doses. It's not that it over counters the problem, or is it? Well, well, no. So it's it's complicated, right? And um and so it does. All right, so it is over. So both of the the answer of both of your questions is yes. It is over the counter that's the problem, and it's in higher doses that it does work. It might work better. Okay. Um, but the problem with taking phenylephrine at higher doses is that it also can cause uh, blood pressure issues. It can it can significantly increase your blood pressure at higher doses. Oh, really? Um, so it's dangerous to take at higher doses. Um, so, so that's why they're saying it's not, it's not an effective decongestant. It shouldn't be, um, in, in medication, like you shouldn't be taking it as a decongestant. It shouldn't be sold over the counter anymore because it's not effective. Right. Um, and so that's what the FDA advisory panel is saying. Now, importantly, um, that doesn't mean it's going to be taken off the shelf. And even if it does decide to be taken off the shelf, it's not going to be taken off the shelf immediately. Uh, that's because we, you may know from paying attention to all the vaccine stuff that went on for the past few years that the advisory panel is not the same thing as having an actual decision that is made by the FDA. Yeah, they right don't get now. to make calls like, um, what's the word? Uh, they, they got into this a little bit in that Dope Sick show. Um, oh, yeah, okay how much they have, what actual, like there's different levels. It's like, well, yep. an advisory panel made up of scientists and experts right. and people whose job it is to, to look at these things, they make a judgment. And then that judgment is then like, all right, well, what do we do with this? And I, I guess it just gets escalated. I don't think you have to take it all the way to the upper echelons of government, but I think at some point you yeah. have to sign off on the idea that we're pulling this from shelves. Is this There's at that sort of, state? Are we pulling it from shelves, or are we just saying don't take it? Well, so yeah, there's 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 a series of steps that have to be undergone um, in order for that to happen. And it's all you know, it's all just bureaucracy and government stuff, right? Like it has to go through these long series of steps. One, the first one is that someone has to raise the question in the first place and sort of get together. That's what happened with this. Is that a, a earlier? Um, in this century, back in 2007, there were some researchers that that independently reviewed some evidence, just because they were suspicious of the evidence that was used to to mark it as effective. Um, but uh, they reviewed the evidence on their own, and they said, "Look, the evidence shows that this stuff is no more effective than a placebo. Um, so why is this on the shelves in the first place?" So they they get together and they they sort of 
um, have like a public petition to get the the FDA to take a look at this evidence. So that that's the first step. The next step is that the FDA convenes this advisory panel to review the evidence and then make a decision. That's where it is now. The next step is that the advice that the advisory panel has issued gets sent to the FDA. Yeah. Well, it's already at the FDA, but the FDA looks at the advice and decides what do we want to do about this advice. And then they they sort of draft a recommendation or a decision that they want to happen, right? Right. Um, and then that has to go out for uh, at least 45 days for um, public comment. Um, that means anybody in the country can publicly comment about it, but the, mostly what they're looking for is expert opinions in the, in the general public, right? Right. About what they're wanting to do. Um, and so after all those public comments, they go back and review that, then, then update maybe their, the, what they want to do based on the public comments, and then they'll make a decision. So it's, it's on the road for something to be done about it, right? And, it, that's, and, that's and, the and what is it controversial in the sense that there's somebody out there going, oh, you can't take away my poopinephrine or whatever it's called. You can't be taking <laughs> phenylephrine. Phenylephrine. Yeah. You can't be taking that from me. From my dead cold hands, you'll take it. Like, is there any kind of blowback like that? Or is it just, because it doesn't sound like it's, is it good for anything else? Like, I guess it's a stimulant. Every time I'd no. take Sudafed <laughs> when I was younger, it made me all hyper. So the younger stuff that you were taking, the stuff you were taking when you were younger was probably not phenylephrine. It was probably pseudoephedrine, which is effective. And so that's something I want to want to bring up during the course of this, because some people might be saying to themselves, what? I take Sudafed all the time, and it definitely works. And you're probably right if you're taking pseudoephedrine. Mm. Sudafed mm. was originally marketed. It's called Sudafed because that's a play on the drug that's in it, pseudoephedrine. Um, oh, it's like a, this isn't the real thing. This right. Is so there's a history this of this. You, right? yeah. <laughs> this is actually where it gets it gets a little shady. And, and definitely, I know Jeannie's um, in the chat room talking about companies making money from it. And that's exactly what's happening here. Yeah. Um, Jeannie's cynicism is right on the money this time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it, this is exactly what's happening here. So, so a long time ago. So here's the brief history. Uh, phenylephrine was originally reviewed by the FDA back in 1976, all right? And okay. back then, the FDA was approving a ton of drugs that had been on the market, that had already been on the market, because back then, they had just changed their efficacy standards for drugs. Mm. And so they were going back and looking at old drugs and saying, we need to, based on these new efficacy standards that we have, we need to review all these old drugs, right? Okay, yeah. And that the FDA has forever been an underfunded but very important organization. Um, so that was a lot of work that they had to do. Yeah. So um, chances are this kind of, if you're wondering how this made it through, chances are it's because they just don't didn't have enough time. They needed to review it and move on to other things, right? Right. Um, there were not very many studies that, that they looked at. They looked at 14 studies, which actually is not a lot, but it's even worse than that. Of the 14 studies they looked at, only two of them were published studies. Twelve of them were unpublished studies. Mm. Um, and the unpublished ones were a very dubious uh, uh, sort of quality. Mm. Um, in fact, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of evidence that some of them had fraudulent, faked data in it. Um, but anyway, back then, they pushed it through and they said, okay, this is effective, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and 
and the far, like the pharmac- pharmacists, the people who study all these things, like I said, even when my wife was in school, they were being taught that this stuff just doesn't work. Um, <laughs> don't recommend it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so, but it, it was on the shelf for a long time, but it wasn't used very often because pseudoephedrine was, th- was king. It was, it was great. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, everybody knew it worked. It was a it was a, a decongestant that that was very effective, but there was a problem with pseudoephedrine. Do you know what it is? Um, I'm gonna guess that it's the that's the thing in meth that people were buying yep. and then boiling it down yep. and making like you know, Walter White bullshit in their basement. One hundred percent, that was the problem. Mm. So back in the early, back earlier in the century, couple you know years ago, the government. Uh, changed the laws about pseudoephedrine and made it so that it could not, it could no longer be sold over the counter. They created, I don't know if this is an official category, um, but I know that my wife refers to these types of drugs that have, you have to go up to the pharmacy counter, yeah. talk to a pharmacist, and sign off a piece of paper because they, and show your ID, and they have to track how much you're, they'll only give you so much in certain periods of time. Right. It's, um, they're controlled substances, but they're not. Well, they're not they're, like, they're, that's why it's a different category because it's not yeah. over the counter. It's not really a controlled substance. They call it, and like I said, I don't know if this is official, but in her, what she calls it and what other pharmacists call it is behind the counter. Instead of mm-hmm. over the counter, it's behind the counter. Behind it's the counter. It's controlled, quote unquote, but it's not like controlled in the sense that it's an official controlled substance. It's like under yeah. the table and over the table. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, or um, if you're, if you're, um, a certain congresswoman from Colorado, it's over the pants or in the pants. That's my understanding. Okay. Right. I'm just throwing throwing that out Um, there. Anyway, go go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, so, but you're exactly right. So they changed the law to make Sudafed have to be a behind the counter drug that they have to keep track of. Yeah. Um, If you've ever, and that's what we always get. That's the really good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) But yes, it was, um, it was, it's used to make meth. Um, And it's still a problem. But yeah, it's used to make meth. But you can't get it. Uh, you can no longer just go to a store and buy up a ton of it, right? That's done. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if you ask Dan about this, he could tell you stories about it. My wife tells stories all the time. She she was working back when they were making these changes, and and um and they had people come in the pharmacy like like they would have whole operations of people that would that would come in and and come behind one after the other trying to get as much of this stuff as they could. Wow. Um. And uh, and she said she could always, almost always, tell when people were doing it. <laughs> wow. Um, so she liked when they moved it behind the counter because it took it made it a lot easier for them for to uh, to control that. Um, but so so when that happened, when it moved behind the counter, pseudoephedrine, uh, the sales of that dropped dramatically. Mm. Um, as you can imagine, it's harder to get, right? Right. So the drug companies said we need. To, we need something that can replace this on the shelves. We need an over-the-counter substitute for 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 consumers, right? right? And so they went back and looked at stuff. They actually tried to reformulate pseudoephedrine to make it so it was harder, whatever. You know, it, it didn't work. But they looked back at phenylephrine, which had this really crappy evidence, and they said, "We're going to market this as Sudafed PE." That's what Pfizer did. Pfizer is who makes Sudafed. Oh, I was going to ask yeah. if this is a name we we knew, but yeah, don't worry. Yeah, so if you ever look at Sudafed, there's uh, there's generic versions of this, of course, 
Um, but if you're talking about Sudafed, Sudafed PE is the over-the-counter form, and it's the one that's active ingredient is phenylephrine. It doesn't work. Okay. And the FDA now reviewed the evidence and said, yes, we agree. It doesn't work. So, <laughs> so the idea is if it had zero side effects, meaning it didn't um, potentially have heart risks and you know blood pressure and all that, we'd still probably want to, you know, we'd still don't want to have a thing that doesn't work on the market, right? Like, right. Uh, you don't want it on the market it, because, yeah, it doesn't work. It's um, the FDA wants, the FDA has what's called a, uh, I think it's called a monograph. Um, it's an over the counter, an OTC monograph. Yeah. And it's a, a listing of, uh, what, what is it used for? It's sort of like, best way to describe it, it, it sort of lists for every drug, for every medication, its active ingredients, what you would use it for, what kind of dosing you would use it for, um, how effective it is if in therapeutic use, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And that's that's what they publish saying, these are the things you should use and these are the conditions and doses you should, you should sell it in and stuff like that. Interesting. Um, and so that's what this will ultimately lead toward is like removing phenylephrine from the OTC monograph. I just don't know how it goes this far though. Like you've had this thing on the market forever and initially Money. somebody thought it worked. Is that all it is? Yeah. Well, again, it went through, there are lots of things that went through during these kinds of times. The FDA, as much as we hear about it and as much as we think that we might think that they have a lot of power, they have not always had a lot of power. And when they started to get more power and more use, They've been hamstringed by laws a lot where, where they are less effective than they probably should be. Mm. Um, so things like this happen. I mean, it's there's there's uh, the Dietary Supplement and Health, Dietary Supplemental Health Something Act. Uh, it's called Deshay. That's why I can't remember. Oh. that's Everybody calls it Deshay. Yeah. Um, that's that. Uh, that was a law that went into effect that, that severely limited the FDA's ability to to regulate the sale of of sup dietary supplements yeah. um, and stuff that base and vitamins um, that mm-hmm. that don't do a lot of anything um, and uh, but they can't control it now as long as as long as they don't make any like like therapeutic claims on the box um, <laughs> and they're very careful then you can sell things like homeopathy in a pharmacy and and but, but that's to answer your question the reason I went off on that is because that's why. The FDA would like to be able to say, if it doesn't work, keep it off the shelf. Yeah. Because um, what but, would be the damn point? If it doesn't do anything, that's the point right. of the FDA. It's not just to protect us from some poisonous freaking Tylenol pill or something. It's not just for that. It's also for... It's to protect this, consumers. Yeah, right? does this do anything? I, you know, when I yeah. read claims on a bottle that says, the claims made on the back of this have not been approved by the FDA, it just makes me go, look, I'm not saying that... that that government regulation is is flawless. Of course, it isn't. Yeah, In fact, oftentimes right. it's effed and it needs redoing or whatever. I understand that. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. if a thing says it's going to improve everything, these statements have not been approved by the FDA. I don't usually believe you because if you <laughs> no. if it did do the things you said, at the very least, you would have submitted it for the FDA to say, yeah, you're right. The things you say it does, it does do. Therefore, it's on the market. Like. That people yep. people always say, well, the government, the government, yeah, but the the whole point is you have a standard, right? Right. So get the right. standard, or don't do it. 
Also, so the whole reason that they're putting that into their into their marketing, right? That yeah. the, these claims have not been, you know, reviewed by the Food and Drug Administration or whatever it is. The whole reason they're they're adding that into their marketing is is to protect themselves, right? To say to say we haven't had this reviewed yet, so we have to say this so that we don't get legally into a lot of trouble saying we're making these claims. Um, but if it hasn't been reviewed, yeah. By appropriate organizations, and you're already going to market with it. You got to wonder why. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That whole thing is just so fruity to me. But also, I thought they were. I, I assume this whole time they were required by law to say that they hadn't been approved by the FDA because it's always the I same. I think that language. well, they're required by law in the sense that if you don't say that, you could get into a lot of trouble because it could be interpreted that you're making health claims that. It's, and then, then it's you the reason be. that you have like you know caution this coffee is hot on a cup of coffee it's cya oh right yeah but you gotta cover your butt you gotta cover your butts and uh what i always wonder what this is like in other countries i know everybody every other you know civilized nation has some sort of regulatory something in place for for food and consumption type items that sort of thing medicine um i've always been curious how do they compare like Let's just say we got uh, Claire's in the chat. Um, the the Irish Meat Council or whatever. I don't know what they are. Do they are they all just lording over info over there? Going ah, the Americans are so stupid with their whatever. We're not. We're going to let this corned beef go or you know you know what I mean. Like I would like to know how other countries do it without my yeah. layer of uh, regional ra- semi racism. I just want to understand it. That's all. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's going to give me any good ideas, but hey, Claire, whoever, write in. How does how does your government handle something where they got to recall something, or they found out later a thing didn't work, or uh oh, there's an outbreak of listeria and a bunch of cabbages? Do you guys mm. just do like we do and enforce like a recall? I don't know. How, I don't even know how we do it. How do we do a recall? Do oh we- yeah, I don't know. That stuff's that stuff's. I can't imagine having something recalled from from tens of thousands of stores. Oh my right? gosh, dude, yeah. so bad. What was the place that had glass in their peanut butter? Um, what? one of the, one of the peanut butter, this. one of the big, somebody from big peanut butter. I don't remember who it was. It's like Jeff yeah, yeah. or BP. Skippy or BP, uh, not to be confused with British petroleum had there were, there was glass or something in a whole bunch of things. It's kind of like my peanut that went in wow. Kim's, uh, Kim's, uh, salsa <laughs> and, uh, you Except know, they, a lot more deadly. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, if I even walk in the kitchen while she's can, because she did a bunch of blueberry or raspberries here recently, black raspberries or black berries, blackberry jam. That's what I was, and it was what we, yeah, I was trying yeah. to say. And I just walked through the, the kitchen with a little handful of peanuts, just kind of eating and looking around. She gets me out of that kitchen so fast. She wants to kill me. She's like, it, does out! she make you like show your sleeves like a dealer in Vegas? Like no, I got nothing done no, clean. She's <laughs> like, do not come over here. I'm like, why? Because I don't like want- take off all your clothes and go through a clean room. And- <laughs> she goes, I don't want to give a bottle of this to my aunt on Christmas and have her find out there was a peanut at the bottom of her freaking thing. And she's right. She's absolutely right to be upset. The point is though, where was I going with this? The point is, uh, Oh, I'm curious about how that stuff works generally speaking, but on the specifics, um, it'd be interesting to see how this goes. Cause most of the time this is about, there's a couple of interests at play. One is the general health of the population. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other is whatever internal politics are at play at the FDA or any governmental agency during the time the thing is happening. There's going to be less power at some times and more power at other times. My guess is they have right. a decent say these days, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing is 
enforcement. And what if I love my pseudo licorin or what is it? What's it called? Pseudo, you're talking about the phenylephrine? Phenylephrine. What if I'm way into it? What if I'm like, oh, yeah, but that's the good stuff. Don't take that away from me. Uh, That's that's the tough part, right? There's probably a lot of um, confirmation bias that exists out there and and, and anecdotal evidence that people have of, oh, I took this Sudafed and and the next day, I took the Sudafed PE, the phenylephrine kind, and the next day I felt better. Um, Right. But that's that's the placebo part of it, right? Like it probably didn't do anything. It it probably was just you were getting better. Interesting. You know, that yeah. Happens. So I have to go to the dark web now to get my fix, right? Or I have and, to have a unless dealer. you or you can just go to the pharmacist <laughs> and ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about the phenylephrine. Yeah, you're going to the dark. Yeah, dark web I can't that get now. that on the. I mean, I assume they're gonna if this goes all the way to whatever <laughs> the Supreme FDA court or whatever it is they do. I don't know. There's going to be probably a lot of. Um, it's 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 going to be tough. Right, because um, I think this is like this is like a one point eight, one point five. It's like a one and a half billion dollars per year thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, Pfizer's Pfizer's not going down without a fight. I'm no, sure. No, they're gonna fight, but spelled um, Pfizer like fight. They're gonna fight, fight, man. They're gonna be into Pfizer. it. Pfizer. Yeah. Pfizer. <laughs> Um, I picture, so this is what I picture, and I know I'm wrong, and that's why I need clarification. The FDA works like this. They got this little council, and they make this uh, this this recommendation. They all voted yeah. unanimously, right? Smart people. Mm-hmm. Then they yeah, it was a unanimous it, vote, right? Right, and they got to send it upstairs now. What I picture is a guy up there who's ready to go. Penis <laughs> is evil. Some kind of big overlord guy, right? Yeah. Someone who like just says... It has been voted upon. Therefore, like, I don't know how our government works. This is what's sad. That's what, that's what I'm admitting to here is I don't know how any of this freaking stuff works. I don't get we it. Need, we need a Sean Connery to, to blow a hole <laughs> in, in, in the bureaucracy and just make everything safe for everyone. That's right. Again. That movie, uh, if, for those who do not know what that is, that movie is Zardoz, and that movie is the weirdest thing you'll ever see. If you see. haven't seen it, you have to see it. Oh, you, you have really to do. see it. And then you'll never not see it in the back of your head for the rest of your life one time is enough yeah okay (laughs) now we've done all that i have some i have a bug to put in your ear for next time you do science and you can decide whether you want to do this or not i love ideas yeah uh so um (laughs) what was it i just had an idea my brain is so half dead today this was i had a rough night of playing doom too late uh what was the deal (laughs) i was gonna say that I don't remember. Shit. Okay, when I think of it, I'll let you know. I literally had it right there. <laughs> what? I, mean, I smell toast. What's going on? No, what was it? It was like, um, it was really good, and it was about, oh, I got it. Dreams, <laughs> nightmares, all that stuff. Okay. Why is it, somebody had made a claim on the internet that you never, ever see cell phones in your dreams, like smartphones. Which seemed weird to them because people are on them 10 to 12 hours a day or something. You know, crazy, sure. crazy use cases. But at night, any part of your dream that you remember, for some reason, never a cell phone to be seen. Well, since then, people have – I talked about it on some social stuff. And people wrote back and said, well, I definitely have had those in my dream. So it's not like universal that nobody sure. has them in their dream. But sad. everyone universally has said, those who have said they've had them in their dreams, that they're useless and they don't understand them in their dreams. That when they use them, they can't read them. The interfaces make no sense. 
if the dream is about directions, they'll look at their phone. It's just jumbled garble and means nothing to them, and it doesn't help them get to where they want to go. If it's text, they oh. can't understand it or comprehend yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's interesting. That's not like that. I, all I know is that you're not supposed to be able to read things in your dreams. That's what I was going to say. That's a common thing, right, Travis? That no. that you can't. That it's people often report that you can't read things. I wonder if there's a connection there. I wonder if you we could. I could start by looking there and seeing if there's any logic there. Because that was the first I'd heard, and you and you guys are right. There is a, seems to be a common idea out there that you can't read in your dream. But I had never heard of this until like yesterday. So I would love to know why that is so not that you have to make a segment about this i'm just saying if you wanted to we would be all ears on what, what is that I do, about a little peek behind the curtain what i do is i i i, I start give myself like maybe 20 30 minutes with a topic idea and then figure out if it has legs so that's what I'll, i promise i will i will check to see if this has legs and and uh if if it does, then it'll run some. I'm trying to continue the legs analogy. Well, in this um, in this business, that is called due diligence, and it is appreciated yeah. Uh, yeah. when a podcaster does their research. Like I try to never do. I try to never do my research, but what Bobby's <laughs> doing is the correct way to do it. All right, that's why I'm here. I try to do it for you. How to how it's to podcast balance. with Bobby Frankenberger? Um, well, yeah. this is great. We'll look forward to possibly that. But we know lots of great things coming up in the future. And then tomorrow, you're going to be right here uh, co-hosting right. the show while Brian is still away. Uh, I look forward to that. Bobby, tell people all about All Around Science, where they can get it, and why they should. Well, when I'm not playing Starfield, um, I am <laughs> producing a show called All Around Science. It's a science podcast that we do every week, talking about things like this, things that pop up in the news, and, uh, and then other science-y things that were just interested. I think this week we're going to be talking about the Ig Nobel Prizes that were just announced. Oh, uh, they were the nominations or the actual prizes? No, they, they were actually announced uh, they, and, and given. So I'm going to dig through those and find some. There's a lot of them. I'm going to find some, uh, some fun ones to talk about on the show this week. That'll come out on, on Monday. And, uh, and yeah, but that's only if I can manage to step away. I'm building my, my – I'm getting into – Outpost building. Oh, outposts are awesome. It's more. It's a. It's almost hidden. The game does a terrible job of encouraging <laughs> you to do outposts, but once you get yeah. your head around them, they're kind of crucial. In there. And and it's really like all those like base building yeah. sims and stuff too, because then you realize, oh well, I want to build this thing, but there's only these three resources on this planet, and I need this other resource. So now I got to go to this other planet. And mine it. Well, I'm tired of mining it. Why don't I just build an outpost on this other planet I went to also? Yeah. And then... <laughs> yeah. And it's nuts. It is a little... It can get... I mean, that game's... Man. What a... What a oh, game. and I'm, I'm... The end goal here is I want to be able to make enough money. I'm trying to build a replica of the Serenity to fly around. Oh, nice. You know, the, yeah, ba- the awesome. base ship is actually kind of reminiscent of that anyway so it's that's what made me think of it because yeah. of the way the cockpit sticks out over the front and then yeah. the, the engine in the back is round and everything i was you like can, i want to make a real big one with shielded cargo and stuff like that you can tell those guys are fans just the yeah. way this game looks all the yeah. stuff travis like, you gotta play it yeah you gotta play it dude. I, I will be uh right now i'm <laughs> i'm doing two concurrent Baldur's gate three saves oh um that's one is my own personal game and one is one i'm doing on stream and it's one of the things is great. I'm I'm loving how I can go about things completely differently. Oh yeah, no, that game is vastly different, sandboxy as hell. Uh, that's one of the it's great so things much about fun. it. 
Um, I'll be I'll be getting into Starfield at some point. Um, Good. It's uh, well. There's a thing I was going to say about that, and I forgot what it was. Something about Starfield, and I don't remember. Oh, I know. I've been listening to the music nonstop. The soundtrack is incredible. That game has ma- amazing mm. music. Big sucker for it. Bobby, have a fantastic day because we'll see you tomorrow. And you don't tomorrow. eat any broken chiclets or something. All right. None, <laughs> none of that made sense. All right. Let's uh, let's get to what's next here. Oh. Discord changed our server. Weird. Hmm. You can still hear me, right? Yeah. I moved us to central. I didn't do that. Uh, All right. Let's uh, move on to uh, what's next. And what's next is, oh, that we're almost done. That's the deal. That's where we're at. I'm a little out of it today, (laughs) as you can probably tell. Amber (laughs) sent us an email I wanted to read that says this. This is how you rid your yard of the raccoon problem Brian talked about the other day. Yeah, he's trying oh, to get right. he's trying to get rid of raccoons because they're hogging his bird feeder, and he's got that camera, and he wants to take pictures of birds, and all he's getting is these stupid things. So he says, uh, or "This is what Amber says: Yo, all mammals respond to hot peppers the way we do, but birds don't have the same response. With rabbits, these uh, sorry that strip pine trees and rough roses, I have success pureeing peppers. Oh, oh my, making a little sauce here." Uh, especially all the ghost peppers I have left over and uh, any old cayenne pepper. I mix it with egg so it sticks, throw a little garlic in there for good measure, put on a glove and walk around painting my plants with my gloves, dip a hand in, <coughs> excuse me, start at the bottom of the plant and stroke up. She wrote hee hee on there. Mm. I would guess pasting, or sorry, I would guess pasting anything uh, would help. I vacuum seal all the leftover papers, peppers rather, that I can get a hold of. Um, Let's see. If you want to get fancy, you can let it ferment for a day. My plant is bigger than this for perspective. Oh, she sent me some pictures. I can't show them here, though. It only takes me 10 minutes to paste it all over this plant. I only had to do it twice this year. So that's a way to do it. Your plants don't care. If you cover your plant in all, mm. all sorts of you know, fiery pepper sauce, they don't, they don't care. But the bugs and the creatures and the mammals going after it, uh, they're not going to like it. So, so there yeah, you go. It should keep them away. Yeah. Someone in the chat says, start at the base of the stem. Oh, Claire does. Oh, because she's being dirty. That's what's going on there. Mm, yes. That's Claire. Um, all right. That's uh, it for your emails. Uh, <laughs> you can send us an email at uh, themorningstream at gmail.com, or you can text us at 801-471-0462. To those that I replied to, to send you these pins, these Frog Pants pins, I will uh, be watching for your names and addresses so I can send those out in the mail. Uh, and that's going to do it for the show. Quick reminder that patreon.com slash TMS is the place to go to support the show. Lots of reasons why. You just need to go over and read about them at patreon.com slash TMS. And uh, once again, huge thanks to uh, you over there, Travis, for hanging out with me today. Hey, remind folks where uh, your next... Let's, let's do it this way. Focus on whatever show is next. What next show should people be subscribing to for the latest episode? The latest episode, uh, subscribe for Wait You Haven't Seen, uh, talking about killer clowns from outer space. Uh, subscribe either at youtube.com slash at TVstravis or uh, search Wait You Haven't Seen in your favorite podcatcher. Who hadn't seen that movie? Uh, his name's Matt Stein. Matt Stein must yeah, he, be blown uh, away by what he saw because that is a weird-ass movie. It is a very weird movie. Um I'll let you listen to the episode to find out his full thoughts, but uh, needless to say, Sunday morning while hungover, not the best environment to watch the movie in <laughs> for the first time. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, just give you an idea. We saw it for Film Sack, and it was a 
That was a memorable one for sure. It is. That was my first time. Anyway, that's going to do it for today. I uh, got some music, though, to take us out. This is a request. Brian uh, popped this over to me before he took off. And uh, this is a cover that I'll talk about in a second. But first, here's the request. This is from Amanda. Hello, Scott and Brian. This Friday is my boyfriend, Brandon. Uh, and it's five-year anniversary. Oh, Brandon and I's. Oh, that's a weird way of writing that. I see my boyfriend, Brandon, and I. Yeah, the way that's written is weird. Anyway, and I'd love it if you could play something for it the day before on Thursday. Well, we're doing it today. We met in Southern California while I was working in Disneyland, and we now live in Nashville, Tennessee, with our dog Oliver and our cat Sophie. I love Brandon very much. So do we. And I don't know where I'd be without him. Well, this is nice. I'd love you for to play or love for you to play Lover, uh, a cover by uh, Taylor Swift if there is one, as I consider that our song. But Brandon and I have a- haven't actually talked about that very much. Thank you very much for all you guys do. We enjoy listening to TMS Skim and Film Sack together and separately. Oh, and is it too early to get a fish sandwich? The answer is never too early. <laughs> hey, it's too early to get a fish sandwich? There you go. You got one now. Um, love the show, though, Amanda. Well, Amanda, we have exactly that. Um, we have a cover of Lover, originally by Taylor Swift. This is covered by Stories. Featuring Royal Wood. I don't know these people, but I'm sure they're good. Uh, Brian probably laugh at me. They're probably more popular than I know. I just don't know who these people are. Uh, anyway, so we're going to play that now. That's going to do it for us. Come back tomorrow for more, won't you? We'll see you then. Christmas lights up till January This is our place We make the rules And there's a dazzling haze A mysterious way about you, dear Have I known you 20 seconds 20 years
frogpants.com oh, you're not gonna make me wear a rubber are you oh that's a good time even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.